homegrown podcast from Keep Indiana Learning. Hello, my name is Amanda Colthan and I coordinate Counselor Connect, a statewide network of support for student service professionals serving Indiana students. Through Counselor Connect, we strive to bridge student service professionals to community and state partners, resources, learning, and most importantly, to each other. We are excited to share a special series with episodes to be released every other month during the 2023-2024 school year. Building Bridges Student Support Talk, brought to you by Counselor Connect Social Emotional Learning Team, will feature two counselor leaders from Indiana school districts. Christy Berger from Center Grove and Brooke Lawson from Carmel Clay Schools will share effective strategies to support the social emotional needs of students and respond to questions submitted from the field. View the episode resources to find out how to submit your question for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for our second episode into our Building Bridges series. During this bi-monthly podcast series, we will answer questions straight from the field to support social-emotional well-being of students and staff. Before we get started, we have a special guest today, Dr. Connie Poston, the current Director of Behavioral Health at Clark Pleasant Community Schools. Welcome, Connie. Thanks, Brooke. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about social emotional learning, specifically linked to um, high school and some of our upper levels. So I spent four years, um, started my career at a middle school, and I worked for six years at Center Grove High School as both a guidance counselor and the director of school counseling. Um, And now I'm at Clark Pleasant, and I'm excited to talk with you guys today. Awesome. We're so excited that you're here. Let's get started with a question um, that came into us from the field from a current high school counselor. So the question is, as a counseling team, we do many lessons on college, career, planning, academic expectations, and mental health awareness. We are not, however, doing anything on a programming level geared towards SEL for our high school students. What kind of programming are other high schools doing to address SEL? Brooke, would you like to start us off with how you did that work in your previous district? Sure, I'd love to. So um, previously, I worked as the um, mental health and school counseling coordinator in Hamilton Southeastern Schools. And um, through some of the work supported by our Lilly Endowment work, we launched um, a district-wide social and emotional um, curriculum. And so I wanted to share just a little bit about how we got started um, and also the connection to employability skills and and just helping um, how helping to talk a little bit about how we did that. So um, we started our work off with a committee um, and that committee included, so in HSC with two high schools, so um, which can be a little bit of a challenge, but is also fun um with the two different unique perspectives and so we started off with a committee that included um building level teachers um at each of our high schools school counselors from our high schools um administrators and then district level um employees as well and we really started first with talking about the importance of every student being taught explicitly taught these skills because um i think it is really, really important that students have the opportunity to apply the skills, but they first need to understand um, what those skills explicitly look like. So we started with um, doing some mapping around how we were teaching um, the core social emotional skills that we had identified 
um, strategically to all students. And what we found was we weren't. Um, and so what we found was that in pockets, we were teaching some students some of these skills um, or having conversations with some students about some of the skills, but um, we really were not um, implementing that in a strategic and focused manner. So um, after that, we um, talked about the important skills that we felt like students needed to learn. And we really, um, that was also around the time that the employability skills from the IDOE were coming out. And so we really, um, we think that employability skills are also social emotional competencies, many of them, and there was a lot of alignment in that. And so um, we kind of identified some of the ones that we felt like we really wanted to focus on. And then we actually spent some time um, connecting with other high schools across the state of Indiana to see what they were doing. Um, and so we visited Westfield High School to learn a little bit about some of the work that they had been doing. Um, Bloomington, um, we went to both of their high schools and learned about their work. Warsaw High School was another um, high school that we visited. And then um, I think it was North Montgomery um, had been doing some also, oh, and Wayne Township, we went to Ben Davis High School as well. And so we really looked at like what structure they had set up, um, how they were teaching these skills to students. Um, and then that team came up with a recommendation um, to our two high school principals of what we felt like would be the best um, way to go about this work. Um, and so that recommendation, we didn't get our full recommendation that we wanted. Um, we really love the model that Ben Davis had set up of a, a, a period every single day where they were um, meeting to kind of an advisory period every day. And so we already had what we called smart period. Um, but what we did get was an additional smart period where we could focus on teaching these skills. And so um, then our committee got together and we started looking at curriculum um, and looking at how we might most appropriately, um, without a lot of work for our classroom teachers, explicitly teach this instruction. And so we started using um, the ruler curriculum from the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. Um, and we really loved that because there was a, an also deep connection to like what am I going to do after high school with my life? <laughs> um, and why is high school important and, and a pivotal time in my life to be making really important decisions? Um, and so we um, took the, the four-year curriculum that Ruler had. We pulled out core lessons because we couldn't teach all 20 of them. Um, but we identified core lessons that we taught um, and we um, spiraled those. So we started the first year with just ninth grade. Um, and then we added 10th grade the following year, um, and then 11th grade, um, and then 12th grade. So that was kind of the way that we did it in our high school. Um, we had SEL coordinators in the building who supported the teachers in teaching the lessons and made sure that they were on um, track with a scope and sequence, that they had all the materials that they needed to support their students. And then we also did some really cool stuff with college and career readiness with it as well and doing some job fairs and connecting that to some of the conversations that were being had during their, um, the, the period was called employability at one high school and targeted intervention at another high school. Um, and so we tried to connect that in kind of thinking about what am I gonna do after high school and why are these skills important to me as not only um, 
a professional someday in whatever career I choose, but also as just a human um, in the world that I live in. I love that, Brooke. I appreciate, um, first and foremost, the shared responsibility of the team coming together and it not being all on the counseling department or it all being on the teachers, but really that shared responsibility and that effort together. I did have a question. Um, your SEL coordinators, were they classroom teachers, a variety of positions, and how were they um, chosen? Were they champions of the work or what did that look like? Yeah, um, they were a mix of both. So. Um, I, you know, from much of the research that I've read about this work, I think it's really important that um, this not be the initiative from the counseling department or the social work department, but that it's all of our responsibilities in this work. And so um, many of the initial SEL coordinators were actually a part of that team um, that did the initial work. And so we had a job description and they had to apply. Um, but it was just an additional, um, they, they received a stipend. So it was just an additional part of their job. Um, and so that's kind of how we picked those people. And they truly were champions of this work and really understood the importance and leaders in their school building around doing the work. So it was, it was a mix of both. We had at least one counselor from each high school on the team, and then the rest were teachers. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Connie, I know that you have spent many years in the high school um, serving as a school counselor, but also leading a district. So I'd love to hear how you've incorporated SEL into your high school spaces. Yeah, absolutely. So um, similar to Brooke, we also had some committee work, but ours actually started with the work that we started with PBIS across the district. Um, when I first started my role um, in 2019, um, we decided that we were going to go all in on PBIS. And we created from preschool all the way to high school um, our PBIS expectations. And so they were consistent across the entire district. So then we talked about as a committee, which included um, led by myself. Um, and then are some administrators, counselors, teachers, we talked about were the warriors, the Whiteland warriors. Um, so we talked about what did that look like from a high school level to be respectful, responsible, and safe. So those are our expectations across the district. So what we really tried to do is tie those expectations of being respectful, responsible, and safe to um, SEL skills and to employability skills. So because it was a district initiative, all of our buildings the following year were required to have warrior wait time as part of their schedules. So um, our high school at the time, they did revamp their high school schedule, um, similar to what Brooke was saying, to make sure that they had a time every day where they were able to meet with students um, and have that time to really be intentional with the teaching. Um, so from there, we've made some shifts, though. So warrior way time, like I said, it's um, it's every day, but it, it kind of it, it shifts as to what that looks like. Um, so once we got it in the schedule, the question was, OK, now what do the teachers do during that time? And so we did a lot as the committee. We did a lot of um, demos with different um, companies, different organizations to see if there was one we wanted to go with. And at first we did. We went with an organization. Um, who was able to provide some curriculum for us. Um, and then at the end of that year, um, we surveyed the teachers, we surveyed students to see what they thought. And we found that we experienced a, a speed bump. Um, our teachers were feeling like it wasn't 
applicable. Um, some of our teachers just didn't feel comfortable teaching the curriculum. So we decided at that point we needed to really, we needed to shift. Um, this needed to be something that teachers had buy-in on. Otherwise it wasn't going to happen and kids and teachers weren't going to take it seriously. So what we've done for the past two years, and it's worked really well, is during Warrior Way time now, all of the Warrior Way classes um, engage in a um, a service-based learning project. And through that service-based learning project, we're embedding employability skills. So for example, um, if I'm thinking about being, um, let's say responsible, and I'm trying to plan a um, service-based learning outing where I have to go tutor at the elementary school. We talk with our students about, okay, so if we're being responsible, here's how we make a phone call. Here's how we set up an appointment. Here's how we do some of those things. So we try to make it a little bit more um, real world and they're, you know, they're, they're actually doing these activities. Um, and sometimes I don't, our high schoolers, they don't even realize that they are learning these employability skills, social emotional learning skills while they're doing this service-based learning project. So um, in addition to that, we also engaged in what we call the profile of a warrior graduate. And so we got a committee together. We also surveyed parents, students, and staff. And we said, okay, if, if we have um, students that are leaving us, what are the skills that we wanna make sure that our students have when they leave? And how can we tie those to the warrior way of being respectful, responsible, and safe? So um, the survey and, and our stakeholders told us they really wanted our students to be, um, to have a, be a positive and purposeful communicator, um, a self-regulated decision maker, and then an ethical, safe, and global citizen. So then from there, it was broken down. So for example, um, being a self-regulated decision maker, um, we teach students um, specifically what that looks like. So I can identify when a problem exists, ask questions and make a plan for improvement. Or I demonstrate self-control and adhere to the warrior way and classroom expectations with minimal supervision. So we really outline those. And then we're really intentional of teaching um, these expectations to our students. But then we also have the profile of a warrior graduate posted throughout the building. And it's really become a culture shift of, okay, we know that um, this profile describes the habits, the skills that we want our students to have once they graduate and, and leave us. So that's kind of what we're doing at Whiteland High School in regard to, um, to teaching some of these employability and SEL skills. Yeah, I think that's great, Connie. And I can tell you in Center Grove, we've started some of that work as well. Um, and we've always tied our SEL work back to the employability skills and at the high school are just getting ready to start. Um, well, we have started, but getting ready to dig a little bit deeper into our portrait of a graduate and what does that look like at the elementary, middle and high school? What's age appropriate for the skills that we've identified um, that are essential for kids when they leave our space? And what I've liked about that is we've directly been able to tie it to work ethic, communication, and connection, and collaboration, which we know are employability skills and also um, how we as school districts are going to be accountable on the new GPS dashboard from the state. And so that's really helped us be able to design how that work's going to look. But it's also brought up really great conversations for all of our staff. Okay, so we want kids to be adaptable. Well, how do they learn to be adaptable? Or if we want kids to be regulated and healthy coping strategies, how do they, how do they know how to do that without um, us doing some 
you know, explicit teaching. And so it's provided an opportunity for some of those um, general education teachers be able to share how they're already doing that in their classroom. And it just helps us be a little bit more uniformed across our building. And so that's been a really neat process for us um, as we've been able to talk to the different departments at our high school to see how would you say you're teaching these skills because the IDOE um, employability skills have those student objectives. So we can really narrow that down um, again developmentally so that we're able to identify what those skills look like. So um, we've started to lean into that work as well. And I think the common theme between the three of us is really just looking at that shared responsibility of making sure teachers, counseling, administrators, staff, um, students, and families are all involved in that work to really identify what we think those skills need to be when they leave our space and then just seeing how we can incorporate it in the work we're already doing. And so kind of even going back to our question about the lessons that they're already providing around college career, academic expectations and mental health, I would assume they're teaching a lot of SEL skills within that. And so how can we just be more, um, you know, intentional and in using that language and talking about the skills that we are teaching, I think that's helpful for everybody that's involved. Um, and so I just, I love to hear both of your experience and how you all are connecting that to the current work and really getting our students who are closest to leaving our space prepared for whatever they may take on after high school. Yeah. And I was just going to add, um, Christy, you know, if you're you're not sure where to start or not sure, like, you know, what skills might we consider I think the employability skills are a wonderful place to start and, and really think about what we're doing. And I would also say um, that having conversation with your lower levels as well of what they're teaching and how they're teaching that is important because um, oftentimes those kind of those conversations are so natural in our elementary schools and our middle schools, but it gets a little trickier at the high school level. And so learning about what is the rest of the district doing and how can we reinforce things that have already been taught to our students and remind them of those skills as well as important. Yeah. Brooke, that is so important because we we had a lot of those conversations in, in regard to, it, it looks very different to teach a kindergarten student to be responsible versus teaching a 17 <laughs> year old to be responsible. And so while we still want both of them to be responsible, how we teach them and the examples we use and what that looks like looks very different. Um, I also wanted to say, based on what you were talking about, Christy, um, when it comes to any of these skills, employability skills, SEL skills, making sure it's not something separate. But I love what you said about just incorporating it into the stuff that we're already doing. Um, you know, there's there's the the video that used to be out there in regard to SEL shouldn't be something else on your plate. SEL is the plate and it's just embedding it into the work that we're already doing. And I think that's important at all levels, but especially the high school, because if we're just doing it because it's something that we were told we have to do, the high schoolers will see right through it. <laughs> so we have to make sure that it's natural and embedded into the work that we're doing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It well, makes me think about this funny conversation that, you know, I love a good story. <laughs> um, I, when I, when we first started this work in HSC, um, uh, an amazing high school teacher invited me to one of her classes to talk about, you know, mental health and social emotional learning and 
um, I was talking to the the high school students about it and one of them raised their hand and they said, um, so like, are we in trouble if we haven't been taught these skills? Cause like <laughs> nobody's been teaching me these skills. And I, I laughed and was like, no, like these are skills that everyone, including adults can learn, um, and are important to learn. And it's never, you're never too old to learn these skills. And so I, um, I love that because number one, I think our students have an interest in this, especially if they can connect it authentically to their life experiences. And one of the things that students often told us when we were gathering data around the effectiveness of the lessons and the work that was being done was that when their teacher engaged in the lesson, when their teacher shared real life experiences about how the conversation that they were having impacted them personally, the students were even more engaged in that conversation. And so sometimes I think when we think about SEL, we think about all these big like lessons and this curriculum and really it's just talking with students and being human with them um, as well. And so I think that's really important as we talk about this topic. Yeah, what a great note to end on. We all need to feel connected in a sense of belonging. And I think that's a great place if you're looking for a place to start which ways can you start those conversations in those advisory periods and all of their periods, just so our kids feel connected, especially during those critical years. So we want to thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Connie, for being our special guest today. Um, and we are hopeful that you will continue to submit questions that we can answer as we want to be able to be a learning community for one another. So please make sure you visit the resource section for this episode. And we look forward to chatting with you all soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Homegrown Podcast. Please share this episode with an educator you know. It helps if you subscribe, rate, and review us. View the episode resources to find out how to submit your question for the next episode. Visit us at www.keepindianalearning.org to find more Counselor Connect resources and professional learning opportunities. Counselor Connect is powered by Keep Indiana Learning, a department of the Central Indiana Educational Service Center. Finally, please reach out if you'd like to connect to our statewide network of student service professionals.